0: Thanks for tuning into Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Jean A. Youngblood. Since 2015, Dr. Youngblood has taken scores of questions and comments on the challenging issues of the day with a goal of informing and motivating listeners to examine the issues from a central biblicalist worldview. Currently, this broadcast is heard on five regional stations, as well as four additional stations in Virginia. There's now a great opportunity to expand this vital ministry to other cities. We sincerely need your help to accomplish this mission. Your support of any amount is needed to take this next step in sharing God's truth in a relevant, lively, and timely way. Thanks for your willingness to support us in this broadcast as we prepare to face the issues on a broader scale. Go to FCBCATJax.com and click the Donate button or send your best gift to First Conservative Baptist Church, 12021 Old St. Augustine Road, Jacksonville, Florida, 32258, Attention Radio. Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood is brought to you by First Conservative Baptist Church. Now let's get back to Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike
1: Hill sitting in for Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Dr. Youngblood is still attending to his son who is in the hospital battling complications of COVID-19. We have asked for your prayers in the past, ladies and gentlemen, and I ask that you continue to pray for Dr. Youngblood and his family and his son. Your prayers have been effective. Um, It was two weeks ago that Dr. Youngblood was uh received a call from the doctor saying, come and see your son. Um, He doesn't have much longer. But because of the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous, that means you saints, Dr. Youngblood's son is still with us. Please continue to pray. Let's pray for a miracle. We serve a God of miracles. Please pray for a miracle that uh, Dr. Youngblood's son will completely recover and because of that, we know God will receive the glory because only he could have done it and nothing that the doctors have done. Again, I'm Mike Hill. I'm calling from Pensacola, Florida, sitting in for Dr. Jean A. Youngblood. Um, I'm a former state uh, of Florida representative, uh, served five years in the Florida State House. Um, I'm a small business owner. I own an insurance and financial services agency. Um, I've been doing that now for 30 years. Before that, I was 10 years active duty in the Air Force as an officer after graduating from the U.S. Air Force Academy in 1980. Before the break at the top of the hour, we were talking about this new technology that has been developed at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center that is an ultra-potent monoclonal antibody against COVID-19 and its variants. Have you heard about this, ladies and gentlemen? In other words, there is a very effective way of treating COVID, um, even more potent than ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other items, which are much more effective than these protocols that we're seeing in these, doc- in these hospitals now, where they are giving them these medications and, and shots and, and putting them on uh, ventilators which are having very poor clinical outcomes. Why they continue to do it, I don't know. And instead, we have a press that does not tell you about these breakthroughs in technology like we're seeing at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Instead, they try to tell you uh, that you shouldn't use this type of technology, that you shouldn't uh, be using ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other zinc and other ways of treating this without having to go into the hospital, even though they have been demonstrated to be effective. Why on earth they are doing that is beyond me. Why they want you—they are forcing this shot—is beyond me. Other than it keeps them in control, it keeps you in fear, and that's how dictators operate. This Biden regime that we are seeing in office right now—make no mistake about it is operating as a dictatorship, or is trying to, much like we see in communist and socialist controlled countries. We are free Americans, and we will not put up with it. Let me read to you this article that I have about this new uh, technology that was developed. Actually, it's not all that new. It was first developed in 2019, and we haven't heard a word about it. I'm reading, for an, reading from an article that uh, was published just last week. Okay, researchers explain the technology behind the discovery is called linking B cell receptor to antigen specificity through sequencing. And it helped speed up the discovery. Now, I'm reading here a quote that's in the article. There is one way to proactively build a repertoire of potential th- therapeutics against future outbreaks, said Evelyn Georgiev, Ph.D., Director of the Vanderbilt Program in Computational Microbiology and Immunology, and Associate Director of the Vanderbilt Institute for Infection, Immunology, and Inflammation. The pathogens keep evolving, and we are basically paying, playing catch-up. But with this new uh, therapeutic that they have developed, they are able now to um, to have uh, 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 be able to stop future outbreaks. Dr. Georgiev says this antibody has uncommon genetic and structural characteristics that are different from other antibodies used to treat COVID-19. It was developed, as I said earlier, in 2019 by Ian Setliff, who's a doctor, a former graduate student and Dr. Gheorghev's lab, who now works in the biotechnical industry, and by Andrea Scioccalis, a current Vanderbilt graduate student. You hadn't heard about this, have you, ladies and gentlemen, that they have developed an antibody that is a very effective against COVID-19 and any future variants. We don't need to get the shot. We don't need to get the jab, ladies and gentlemen. There are other uh, methods of treating this that are very effective and very cost effective. Those shots um, are, are not cheap. They are quite expensive. But these therapeutics, these monoclonal antibodies they are very effective and very inexpensive. This is Mike Hill sitting in for Dr. Jean A. Youngblood. If you would like to join the conversation, please call in at 904-831-0917. We would like to hear your comments, your thoughts, um, your questions, any way you would like to participate. Again, that's 904-831-0917. Now you've heard how um, recently, Congress this is utterly amazing that they have decided to make abortion um, legal up until the ninth month of pregnancy, up until the baby is ready to be born, including partial birth abortion. Good friend of mine, Tony Perkins, who I actually spent some time with this past weekend out in Colorado Springs at a conference, wrote an article entitled, House Democrats Are United in Death. Tony Perkins goes on to write in this article. He's with the Family Research Council, Council, a very excellent organization. He goes on to write his article. People say it's hard to find consensus in Washington but Democrats have found plenty on one issue, abortion. At least in the House, the idea of middle ground has vanished. When it comes to the taking of innocent life, the battle lines are clear. Republicans are 100% opposed, and all but one Democrat is in favor. With all that's going on in the world, you'd think Speaker Nancy Pelosi Democrat out of California, would have better things to do than reignite a vicious debate over late-term abortion. But with very little for the Democrat Party to agree on these days, the California radical, referring to Nancy Pelosi, decided it was time to bring everyone back together with a vote on her disingenuously named Women's Health Protection Act, a bill so radical that it will wipe away every state restriction on abortion and legalize it right up to the moment of birth. Utterly amazing. First of all, the the Democrats are so good at lying. They're so good at trying to uh, cover over the truth because they are anti-truth, which means that they are anti-Christ because Christ is truth. And so here it is: this this uh, bill which would murder. Innocent, pre-born children up to the moment of birth, they name it the Women's Health Protection Act. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing about women's health protection when it comes to murdering a baby in the womb. A complete lie, a complete fabrication. The left has been trying to say that abortion rights is women's health rights, women's health care. That is not health care. It is murder. It is killing an innocent preborn baby in the womb and is doing it primarily out of convenience. It is sacrificing our children to a demon god. And we need to stand up, ladies and gentlemen. We need to stand up and, and, and say no to this culture of death. I'm going back to the article now. No one thought an abortion law more barbaric than New York's was possible. But Joe Biden's party is bent on proving them wrong. An astonishing move, House Democrats made history Friday, just this past Friday, by passing a bill that allows any kind of abortion at any time for any reason. Gone would be the state's partial birth abortion bans protections for newborn survivors, conscious rights, ultrasound requirements, parental consent, and so much more. If the Senate were to follow suit, everything the pro-life community has worked for for over the last 50 years would evaporate. It is, as Representative Mary Miller, Republican of Illinois said with horror, completely radical and evil. Not only that, it's unconstitutional, ladies and gentlemen. The federal government, Congress, does not have a right to pass a law that supersedes state rights so long as the state rights follow the Constitution. And I don't care what they said during that Roe v. Wade uh, decision, There is no constitutional right for a woman to murder a child in her womb. No constitutional right at all. And not only that, it's not just the woman who is murdering that child. It is the doctor and all those who are participating in that horrific procedure. There is no constitutional right to murder a child in a womb. That was an evil decision that was handed down, the Roe v. Wade decision, and it needs to be overturned. And here we are having Congress who are going against their oath of office and trying to determine, dictate what states can do. Our 10th Amendment to the Constitution says that the rights, the power belongs to the states and to the people, not to Congress. Going back to reading the article, when a speaker, this is Nancy Pelosi, defended the legislation saying, God gives people free will to honor our responsibilities, the Archbishop of San Francisco, Salvatore Cordialone, fired back that it was nothing short of child sacrifice. And he is absolutely right. That is exactly what it is. And Republicans agreed, offering speech after passionate speech in opposition on the House floor. Quite frankly, an emotional representative, Jody Heist, out of Georgia, said the Democrats don't care if the unborn child has a fully developed heart. They don't care if it has arms or lungs or fingers or toes. They don't care if it feels pain. They want abortion, period. And they want to finance it with your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, you are paying for having these babies murdered. How are you paying for it? Because Congress gives Planned Parenthood the nation's largest Provider of abortion, Congress gives them tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year so that they can keep their doors open and continue murdering babies in the womb. I'm reading from an article now from Family Research Council President uh, uh, Tony Perkins, and it says, It is without a doubt the fiercest attack on the unborn since. Roe v. Wade was decided, Representative Tom Cole, Republican of Oklahoma warned. And obviously, that the Supreme Court set to take up the groundbreaking case of Mississippi's abortion law, there's a reason for that. When Democrats started pushing this bill to make abortion on demand permanent, they weren't just pursuing wildly unpopular legislation. Get that, ladies and gentlemen, it is wildly unpopular. Most Americans do not want this. They are exposing the fact that abortion has never uh, was never law to begin with. Instead, it was a Supreme Court invention that was unjustly claimed the lives of has unjustly claimed the lives of more than 60 million children. And what Mississippi has said, and we hope the justices uphold is that abortion should be an issue the people and their state leaders decide, not the courts. And I will go a step further. This is something where the church needs to step in. The body of the living God needs to step up. We shouldn't leave it to just state leaders. Uh, and we shouldn't leave it to the courts. This is where the church should rise up and say, enough of this. Stop murdering our babies. Stop murdering our babies to, to, to Baal and the Molech as was done, uh, as we saw in, in Bible days. Murdering of children is nothing new. This has been going on for a long time, and it needs to come to a stop. Just like slavery was nothing new, it had been going on for a long time. United States was one of the first nations to put an end to it, even though it is still going on in other parts of the world. And the United States need to be that nation which God ordained to step forward, to step up, and stop this practice of abortion. We need to abolish abortion, just like we abolish slavery, that we do not have uh, any excuse for uh, killing an innocent child in the womb. As I go back to the article written by Tony Perkins, it says, if there is a bright side to Friday's vote, it's that Republicans are just as determined to protect life as Democrats are to destroy it, and that's significant. Prior to 2018, there were still a number of pro-abortion Republicans. That's not the case anymore. If they support it, they certainly aren't open about it, and that's the result of a lot of Christians being involved in voting. If If the debate has elevated to the highest legislative and judicial levels, Miller said, It's because the good work being done by what I call the ground troops, the people who are working to inform Americans about the truth of this, and the left is afraid because they know we're winning, and we're not going to give up. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? We are winning this battle, and we're not going to give up. There is no doubt in my mind that we are at this point before the Supreme Court because of decades of prayer of repentance, and of the practical work of people walking alongside those who find themselves in unplanned pregnancies. There have been many times, Mary agreed, where our country has admitted we were wrong and changed course. And while the Democrat Party seems to be more determined than ever to destroy human life, we have to keep speaking truth into this issue. It's time to fear God. The scriptures say that mercy has triumphed over judgment, but we need to enter into that mercy and to repent and turn away from this grave national sin. Exactly right, ladies and gentlemen. Call in with your comments and thoughts on this, 904-831-0917. This is Representative Mike Hill sitting in for Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Well, you know, recently Florida introduced a bill that is very similar to the Texas Heartbeat Bill, which by the way, was uh, allowed to remain in place by the U.S. Supreme Court. Recently, Texas passed a bill that says once a heartbeat is detected, that baby cannot be aborted. It was challenged, of course, by the left, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and all the other death merchants. It was challenged, went to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court said a Texas law can stand. And as a result of that, that's why the House Democrats, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them, decide that they have to make sure that death remains a culture here in the U.S. and pass this horrific bill uh, on Friday out of the House with every single Democrat voting for it except for one, And all Republicans opposing it. That's why it is so important, ladies and gentlemen, that you get out and vote. We must elect people who are virtuous, who are of moral superiority, and who are Christians. That's right, I said it. Who are Christians into office, ladies and gentlemen. If you do not, then we get the results that we see now with these Democrats in control of the House, almost in control of the Senate, and are now in the presidency because they have a culture of lying, stealing, cheating, and of death. That is what we are seeing in the United States right now. And we, the church, must rise up against that. We need Christians who are willing to run for office. We need Christians who will go out and vote. Forget this nonsense of separation of church and state, which is nowhere mentioned in our Constitution or our Declaration of Independence. It is nowhere there. You can search for it yourself. You will find that it is not there. That instead, we need to elect those who are Christians in office, who have the correct moral attitude, who have the correct leadership ability that this nation needs. That is what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen. When these elections come... At every level, school board, city commission, county commissioner, state level, congressional level, judges, we need to make sure that you are vetting those candidates, that you are vetting those who do stand for Christian principles, that they will stand for the, the, uh, the ideas of faith, virtue, and freedom. That's what we need in a candidate. And you need to vet them and make sure that they are. Well, I have some good news, some encouraging news, and that is that Florida, the state of Florida, introduced a pro-life bill very similar to the Texas heartbeat bill. Now, I'll have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that when I was elected in office, I submitted a bill, uh, the heartbeat bill, the Florida heartbeat bill, in 2019. That bill said that once a heartbeat is detected, and by the way, a heartbeat can be, det- can be detected as early as 18 days, that once a heartbeat has been detected, that baby cannot be aborted. My original bill said, except in the cases of rape and incest. Well, the Florida leadership would not allow that bill to get a hearing in 2019. So I brought it back in 2020. And I amended the bill slightly. This time, I said that once a heartbeat ca- has been detected, that baby cannot be aborted, period. I had no exceptions for rape and incest. And the reason why I did that is God made it clear to me that despite the horrific incident of rape and incest, incest are that that baby is innocent. And that is no justification to murder that baby. It is the father that should be punished, not the baby. That as horrible and horrific as that incident is, God has determined if there is going to be life here. And who are we to tell God that he made a mistake? That baby has just as much a right, a God-given right to life as anyone else. And you don't know the plans that God has that unborn child, or that pre-born child, that what they will do once they enter into this life, um, pro- professing the gospel to a lost and dying world. So I removed that exception. Well, just recently, um, Florida State Representative Webster Barnaby, who, by the way, is a friend of mine, introduced House Bill 167, which is similar to the Texas Heartbeat Bill, it prohibits abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected. Typically, this article says around six weeks, but it can happen as early as 18 days. Now, this particular bill has exceptions for rape, incest, domestic violence, human trafficking, or a life-threatening condition. The reason why he did that, the reason why he introduced the bill, because, because it is identical to Texas's bill and they believe then that it will have a good chance of passing in Florida, um, because oftentimes even Republican leadership are hesitant to run a, heart, uh, uh, a life-saving heartbeat bills because they are concerned that it will be challenged in court, they'll have to spend money to defend it, which by the way, I say, so what? You spend money to defend life, but they a reason that if they make it identical to Texas, Which has already been challenged all the way up to the Supreme Court, that this bill will not have a court challenge, that instead it will be able to stand. Well, I'll tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, even if it does stand, that doesn't mean that abortion is going to stop. I am so proud and happy that Representative Webster Barnaby did uh, introduce this legislation. It allows private citizens to bring lawsuits against physicians who provide abortions after six weeks. Under the measure, lawsuits can be brought against any person who knowingly engages in conduct that aids or abets the performance or inducement of an abortion. The Florida bill allows lawsuits up to six weeks after it has been violated, differing slightly from the Texas law. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Hill sitting in for Dr. Gene Youngblood. I want to encourage you with these words. Don't be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Please pray for Dr. Youngblood and his sons. Have a blessed day.
0: have been listening to Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood pastor of First Conservative Baptist Church and president of Conservative Theological University, 12021 Old St. Augustine Road, Jacksonville, Florida, located one half mile south of I-295. FCBC invites you to tune in nightly, 9 to 9.45 p.m. for expository preaching on 91.3, 91.7, and 91.9 FM. You are invited to worship with them, 9.30 a.m. Sunday for Bible study, 10.45 a.m. Sunday morning worship service, 7.00 p.m. evening worship service, or 7.00 p.m. Wednesday fellowship meal Bible study. Prayer, Bible Q&A, and updates on issues facing our city, state, and country. Tune in again for another Let's Face the Issues broadcast. Also tune in this same station Saturday mornings at 9 for expository Bible preaching by Dr. Youngblood. Remember, a rebroadcast of this program can be heard in its entirety 9 p.m. on 100.3 FM and 93.3 HD3. You're also invited to tune in Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on Talk 100.3 for Expository Preaching. Tune in and invite others to listen.